0: So people have commented that I should stop the shtick of not being able to remember what to say, and the joke is they don't realize it's not a shtick. It's It's that you just don't remember. Oh shit, we're recording, so I guess that's how we're starting this episode. Uh,
1: And not not
0: last, you you do your thing, and I'm going to do my year. Welcome Uh, to episode. No, that wasn't good enough. Yeah. Can we play like clap hands? That's all I got. Uh, welcome. <laughs> sorry. You're going to have to use one of those three. I mean, you could just. That works too. It's probably That's louder. Right. Um, welcome, everyone, to episode 79 of The Carmudgeon Show, Ooh, look which at is. you
1: using numbers, which I, we aren't supposed to do, but we did count we the did, last one. We did. We know. We know. And we know that this is going to be this one.
0: There were comments in the comment section about how my dick is not really, you know, like I have to, unless that intro didn't make it in. It wasn't a shtick. I don't want to say what number it is because sometimes we have to broadcast these out of order. But now we're going to do it right. And I'm going to prove that I can do the intro. Okay. Welcome. Don't fuck it up. (laughs) (laughs) I should do it in the Maury voice. Well, you'll find out about that later. Welcome to episode 79 of The Carmudgeon Show. My name is Jason Kamisa. That is Derek Tam Scott. And this is part of the Haggerty Podcast Network.
1: In this episode
0: oh yeah okay <laughs> there, you can keep going i'm done my in work this is done.
1: episode we discuss uh, <coughs> my citroen oui. but very briefly more on that uh, more about that
0: anon Quel dommage.
1: and uh we discuss the latest episode of drag
0: race camisa's ultimate drag race replay yes cooter
1: uh jason's cooter <laughs> uh, <laughs> um in which we, uh, easy tiger, you got a hairball coming up? <laughs> it's a rubble. <rough> <laughs> uh, in w- it which is, uh, includes some internal combustion and non-internal combustion, mm. but mm. some very speedy all sub 10 second quarter mile vehicles. Yes. Of varying oh. types and Ooh. price points.
0: Yep. Um, uh, I think I th- that's it. Yeah. Okay. So we can go to the, deet deet. oh, and by the way, it's, you know, holiday. So we have, Oh, yes. All of that. Mm-hmm. And more coming up in the December to remember Carmudgeon episode. Brought to you by Toyotathon and...
1: Um...
0: Honda happy days. Honda Days. Yeah. Yes, happy okay. Honda Days. Okay. Well, happy Honda Days to you. Honda Days. It's okay. a Shanda by a Honda. The holidays make people introspective, I feel. Oh. Which is why it's so important. <coughs> To watch the Carmudgeon show, (laughs) (laughs) to sing happy Christmas songs.
1: Oh God! Uh, You you did notice that I decorated decorated
0: for Christmas, yeah. The um, the weather outside is frightful. Somebody recently just said, "I've been watching every episode of Carmudgeon show, and I'm so disappointed that you're not singing." And I'm like, "What? You were literally the only person
1: clinically insane,
0: (laughs) probably. First of all, for watching the Carmudgeon show, possibly mentally disabled." And he was like, no, 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 that was funny. But so, for every one of those, there's one like, please never sing again. Uh, not all of them are like, please never sing again. And it's funny because he's laughing at me, not because he's enjoying my singing. So I'm like, fuck you, I'm not doing that.
1: Hmm. You just started, though. You were going to sing the I did it, the rapey oh, w- Christmas song. What? No. The weather outside is... that the, the That's um, Let It Snow. Oh, let no, 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 no. Uh, thinking, maybe it's cold outside. No,
0: Sorry. You, you can sing the rapey one. I'm singing the Let It Snow. This is supposed to be a happy time.
1: Oh, specifically non-denominational for people who celebrate both... Um, Honda Wolf? Days and uh, <laughs> December <laughs> to Remember. And what's the other one? Uh, the Toyota Toyotathon. One. Toyotathon, mm. yes.
0: So that's all three. Today. Non-denominational. Non- that
1: song is suited for people who celebrate any and all of those holidays.
0: Uh, I'm trying to go through the lyrics it's not in my head. Christmas-y. Is it? There's no discussion of Christmas in that song, but it is a Christmas song, it's but a, there's no... It's a winter song. It's a Kwanzaa right. song. I mean, I also did hang a Volkswagen Christmas lights that I'm waiting for you to comment on.
1: I mean, I would be disappointed if you did not own... Volkswagen Christmas
0: lights. <laughs> and a, I have one Christmas. You see, you have no Christmas spirit. Dave. That's true. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Next question. Um, I that like the new helmet. Oh uh, no, This we were, is so the, on, the replacement for the helmet. The Linus tree. And actually, I won't hit the, the button because it goes on for like two minutes, but it plays the Charlie Brown song. Oh, so this is a real live replica. Probably a licensed.
1: Unlicensed replica. So we're going to get sued. This no, is the no, thing. No, no. Um, I said a probably a license. I mean, it says peanuts on it, right oh, yes. there. So. I thought you were saying an unlicensed replica, right. and it is n. That's how licensed. we get a, a, a lawsuit. Yeah. Exactly. It's got the it's line not It's not for all it. of the offensive things that we
0: say. No, we don't do that. No, Never. No. So, um, I was under the impression that today was going to be on episode on the French car that you have bought them. <laughs> uh, yes, but it failed to proceed, and so this episode
1: on the Citroën is also failing to proceed.
0: This episode on the Citroën is brought to you by all the Volkswagens parked out in the parking lot, because we both showed up in Vita last Yes,
1: and it is not With brought to you by Cintilla, whoever makes the ignition coil in my Citroën. Okay, so that's what happened. So what happened? I was driving, and it (laughs) It stopped. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, it just turned off.
0: While you're driving?
1: Uh, No, it was idling. I had just parked the car, and uh, it just turned off. Yes, I had put like 400 kilometers on the car, um, event free, Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, you know road trip to about, and then it just turned off. New ignition coil seems to have made it so that it now runs, although it runs roughly. I don't know. I need to go and investigate. It's probably racking up an enormous service bill at ECME because it happened to break at ECME's shop. And Mm, so they're the ones who are I bet they have some sort of like
0: magnetic flux uh, electrode. Yes, that just breaks everything there. You pull into the parking lot and it's blasts your car. Oh, now you need a new computer. So uh, Why are they French? the Easy Me guys are not French, I should... No, the car is French. Yes, but they use them. it's the Easy Me guys that are Italian, so that are that are frying all the electronics of all the cars in the parking lot. The cars
1: do that themselves. We know
0: this about <laughs> Italian cars. <laughs> Thank God you say that, because I'm going to get a screaming phone call, and that screen is going to turn into a, 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 a FaceTime call from the Easy Me guys. Ah, yes. Yeah. Um, it's just going to be middle fingers. Lots of them. Uh, okay, so your French car failed to proceed, but it was wonderful before then? I haven't seen this thing yet.
1: I know no one. Has. One person has. One of my friends has. Who's who? Uh, who? When I heard it was being dismounted from the truck that transmitted it across the country, I can't speak English, but you know what I'm trying to say I right now. Uh, he he hurried over to when the truck arrived and he saw it and we went around the block in it. He's hmm. the only person who has seen it function and everyone else is like, I would I would like to see the Citroën, including ECME CEO and I. I was like, it literally just broke, so you can see it, but you can't ride in it.
0: We well, can see it. It's in a shop.
1: Yeah. 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 Static. Extremely static. So Thanks. no Citroën for now. We will have to discuss the CX at a future date. Merde. Merde say.
0: We could talk about a different French car.
1: Um, did you buy a Deux Chevaux? I bought
0: nothing of the sort, but I am going to turn Are you uh,
1: Are you deafening yourself? Are you deafening me? Yeah, I'm deafening I'm everyone. deafening you.
0: I think that, that was just my monitor, or did I turn it down? Oh, I turned it down for everyone. Oh, no. Unprofessional. Paolo, can you turn my thingy down? Oh, you guys are going to get to see Paolo now. Or the backside of Paolo. All right there he is. He can lean in. Oh, he could just turn me down Oh, he's bit. not a dog. All these years you had fake news. He was a dog. No, the dog is he here dog? too, but there's Paolo's not the dog. Oh. There is a dog. Sorry. Yeah. That's okay. I, I thought Maybe he was a little, a little Paolo bit was... back louder. This is, you know, now you, I'm just going to make him, a little bit to the see, left. I'm giving you a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right. It's fine. Fine. Thank you. I don't really want to hear myself. The problem is I need to hear that. Um, Okay, so we can talk about another French car, Bugatti, uh, Bugatti, mm. Bugatti, Bugatti. Which one? Uh, 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 pur sport. Pur sport. It's a very difficult word. So this is a Bugatti Chiron pur Sport. Right? It, it would pure. be Pure Sport. Yes. Right? God, fucking French man. Um, pure sport. Pure sport. A, a Bugatti. Bogutai. Chiron. Bugatti. There was there was a news i hope i don't have to go find this there was a newscast years ago that i found uh that i heard that where somebody was like and a new car a bugatti viron i just (laughs) laughed for about six years on that uh so yeah we just pulled off um this past week it will have launched um kind of the most difficult last thursday last thursday Uh, the most difficult to produce um drag race episode thus because yeah but not the largest but one of, of the speediest the, the in terms, terms of, speediest, of attendees. Yeah. This, was, uh, this was difficult. Uh, Lucid called, and I've been begging them to please let me uh, do a Drag Race episode with the Sapphire. Mm-hmm. And the Sapphire is the triple motor Lucid Air. Um, they, the it, standard Lucid Air has two motors, yes. one at each end. One at each end, 600-ish horsepower each um, but the pack and the electronics upstream of that is limited to 1111 horsepower on the Dream Edition. And that's the one we did uh, the Icons episode on. Absolutely love the car, fast as hell, but it did get its ass handed to it by um, the Tesla Model S Plaid, which is also a triple motor. In a drag race. In a drag race, not in any other measurable way. Um, and so <clears throat> I've been talking to him, and you know, when the Sapphire came out, I'm like, please let me do a drag race on this. I think this is so cool. And uh, the car comes out, they rate it at 1200 ish horsepower, 1200 plus, I think they're calling it. I'm like, that's not a lot to go from 1111 to 1200. And they're like, just wait. And, you know, I, I pitched the idea of the drag race video and they're like, well, hold on, we're doing a lot of torque vectoring and handling. So really, there's a lot more to this car than just straight line speed which really can't be said for the model s the model s plaid is a handful and you know when you turn everything off you're going to spin it and if you're on a public road it's not going to end well because it it all happens so quickly and the chassis how would anyone do that I, i mean i did it once in that in that air video and looped the car fucking immediately yeah but on a public road why would a regular user ever do that because stability control and traction control on an ev when it's done at the motor which is how tesla does it happens so quickly and so seamlessly you don't know that it's happening so i drove that plaid in track mode with a bunch of stuff turned down and i'm like oh this thing's a pussycat does what i want it to do turned it off the first time i hit the gas i fucking looped it at 80 miles an hour and a big 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 spin um and so that's the drawback of having that much Control over the motors, as a, as a driver, you don't know what's how many... Why would they make it defeatable? Well, so you can drift it and do all kinds of other shit. But, you know, of course, all traction controls should be defeatable, but... Yes, that's this the, is the big of, yeah. philosophy a, that has been underpinning journalism since about 1992. If driver intent is to not break traction, then traction control is wonderful. If driver intent is to do a big fat fucking burnout or a four-wheel drift or anything else, then, you know, I, I want to be in control. Anyway, so... Yeah, but if the Tesla is so uncontrollable that it's effectively undrivable, are you saying you just have to meter your I, inputs? I talked to a bunch of professional drivers, all of whom spun the Model S immediately. We all, did, we all exactly had the same thing, and it comes from A, you don't know how much uh, management's happening when everything's on. B, it all happens so quickly. The response to everything is so quickly and silently that you don't really know that you it's about to happen. To and third, the fucking yoke. The yoke is the big problem because I started to get sideways, and there was no steering wheel when I went to grab for it. And by the time I processed that there was no steering wheel where I needed to be, it was already too late. Um, and so both feet in, and just spun it right off the track. Um, it was not a good, not a good moment. Thank God, nothing, no damage happened. Um, Probably but, because it wasn't a Tesla owned car either. What do you mean? I mean, why, that's why no damage happened. No, particularly oh. good why no damage oh. happened because oh, yeah, it, was no, it was not a car owned by Tesla. Yeah, it was a guy that we were renting it from Turo, yes, on. Because Tesla doesn't... No, Tesla doesn't provide test cars. Yeah. So we rent them and then disclose everything to the owners. And as it turns out, this guy was great. He was so cool. Um, let us do anything we wanted to the car and he watched the videos and was very happy about it. But um, Lucid's chassis team is really good. Like that air, even when everything was fully off, which was not actually supposed to happen, I broke it while we were doing the filming um, by towing it to char- charge it with a, uh, a Ram TRX. Nothing to see here, folks. Nothing, to- oh, 52% battery. some more aero drag we'll get out out of the slipstream give me some drag make that t-rex work for its money <laughs> i don't think we've ever talked about this on the show but we had a circuit breaker trip the car didn't charge we had a full day of filming and we we're like uh-oh we're at like 37 percent." oh you charged is- it regeneratively uh-huh. <laughs> um and it worked it worked perfectly we had a an 800 horsepower dodge ram and we just dragged it around on location at the at Willow Springs on, the, you know, on those sort of service roads and going up the hill, this thing was, it was like red line, full throttle, pulling the 5,300 pound, 5,400 pound Lucid Air up this hill. And the Lucid was getting between 50 and 70 kilowatts. Um, so it was effectively like fast charging. And we did this all day. We dragged it, you know, we would charge it and any it was, we weren't rolling cameras, it was being dragged and charged. But at one point I pissed it off um, because hill hold was on you know take that car's got hill hold or, or sort of brake hold at, you know, at a stop and i told the driver of who you know the, t- the driver of the TRX not to move and he floored it i know who this mm-hmm. was <laughs> um, because not so much as connection between brain cells and so it started dragging the car and i just touched the gas pedal to un to, to release the brakes well, the computer is like, I'm stopped. Everything's fine. Whoa, I'm being pulled. And boom, it set off every light on the car. So I had no traction control, no stability control at all. I mean, I've never seen so many error messages in the car. on oh, a car. You never life. drove my Alfa Romeo 164. That's true. They do that every time you drive them.
1: At one point I was like, how can I get the, there's a, a row of warning lights across the bottom of the cluster of that car. And I was like, can I get every single one to turn on?
0: you don't want the oil pressure one
1: that's the only oh that one was on by default because the sender was bad oh, okay good yeah <laughs> so then you bad. then pull the e-brake and you're done yeah, put on the hazards <laughs> and the front and rear fog lights and the rear defroster well here's the thing Check engine light was also
0: on i guarantee you it was never designed to have all of them on at the same time so the current so then, draw will yes. like burn through the circuit board and then the car will catch on fire and die yes
1: yeah, so we didn't get all of them but you i know, think sad. i probably got at least a b minus worth of the lights congratulations
0: on. <laughs> Anyway, it sounds like you did better. <clears throat> anyway, so yeah, we broke that. And uh, so while it was in limp mode, I had an engineer in the car with me and I'm like, get out. And he was like, "Why i not like, just get out. And I called Anthony on the radio and I'm like, get the cameras rolling now. Get a camera on the van, get a drone up in the air. Just, I don't know what this thing is going to do, but let me go to the skid pad and find out. Um, and if you watch that episode, the, right in the intro, you see the car doing a full opposite lock, four wheel drift donut. And I blew the right rear tire. And that was because it had no traction control. And I'm so I'm watching the speed as I'm doing this drift around. I think I did three laps and then we did around the whole track and whatever. And then I was doing more laps around. And the it was unbelievable. I mean, I I you typically when a car goes into like a fail-safe mode, they suck, right? You just don't know. And I didn't know which way this car was gonna go. Turns out Lucid's guys are total car nuts and drifters. So the car was When I say perfect, I mean perfect in this like broken mode that I'm sure has been fixed now and no one can ever replicate, don't try. but it would, like, initial throttle application would send power to the rear, would let you rotate. And then if you were steady on the throttle and steady on the wheel, it would hold whatever, it would transfer enough, just enough power forward to hold whatever angle you wanted. And if you lift it, it would start to rotate. Or if you blipped it, it would start to rotate. And so I was at full lock, crab, crabbing basically down the, down the line of the skid pad. And I wanted to see what would happen if I booted it for a quick second just to see if I, let me do a 360 and keep going. And within a quarter of a second of booting it the right rear tire exploded um and of course it's overheated it's been drifting now for minutes and minutes and minutes and minutes and now i just give it 180 mile an hour of you know slip yeah. speed and kaboom um so cool so anyway um so that brings me to I know,
1: how the fuck did <laughs> get that on? bring you to exactly i mean i know we thank you michelin so,
0: so yes yeah, so they lucid's team has been like just wait till you experience the triple motor car because they're they're able to torque vector and really change the direction of the car using the two rear motors and i want to do an episode on that but i just i'm not i can't do another icons on the same car um so i'm like give me a give me a you know a quarter mile car as soon as it comes out and so i call them and the quote was i think you're going to be pushing on an open door timing is pretty good and as it turns out, they were doing final traction control calibration. And so they had gotten a couple runs on prep surfaces and they did traction control work in, um, in cold weather, but they hadn't done normal asphalt yet. And so there are, you know, different different places and different tractions call for very different strategies. <clears throat> and so uh, as it turns out, the, the Dream used Bosch ABS and used ABS traction control. Um, and they are for Sapphire, I think, they, they kind of don't tell me all that much because it's not fully done, but they are switching to a motor based. And I think it's done internally. Um, and so Bosch operates at like 30 hertz. And so, right,
1: because that works for an internal combustion
0: Exactly. Car. You're never, even if you measure wheel speed every thirty times a second, you're never going to be able to adjust engines output that often. So you might be able to grab brakes at five hertz or you know two hertz or whatever grab to slow down, but you're not going to be able to get the engine to go from full output to nothing and back. And also, let's not forget on a traditional traction control system on an internal combustion car you have one power creator and so if one wheel is slipping you have no choice but to add brake to that wheel um, But because pulling engine power would stop the other three wheels from being at their max when you have multiple motors you don't have to worry about that and so they went to a motorbase thing and so they get there and you know, I set up a full day, we paid for it, like the track. And I'm like, guys, just come there and do what you need to do. And we'll throw a V box in it and we'll get, we'll get the runs. The car arrives. It has no traction control at all at all. Hmm. Um, and I'm like, what's up? And they're like, okay, we're, we're, we're doing our traction control today. And I'm like, okay, so I see the cars out there and I'm talking with you know some other guys. Um, and, uh, and I see the car just light up all four, which is the coolest thing, just silently. And smoke is rising from everything. And then, you know, it turns around and does a couple things. And this bunch of, there's basically three people on the team that were just working, you know, with computers and whatever else. And then we see a launch where, you know, the car pitches kind of to one side a little bit and just goes and comes back and whatever. Three hours later, they have the traction control. Uh, they're like, okay, we're ready to do a run. Let's see what happens. The first run beats the model s by point 1 of us 001 i think it was 3 oh, 300s beats the plaid by 300s and i'm like okay that's not bad and the guy comes back in and he's like well i lost a motor in the run and i'm like <laughs> what 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 and he's like well there was a there was a basically a bug in the code where the way that works is when you have Two rear motors in that car, they're identical. And so one of them is just either think of it as flipped upside down or rotated 180. So the left rear motor is actually spinning backwards relative to its design. Mm -hmm. And there was one line of code in the car's system that like pulled the speed down from a theoretical max and at 130 something miles an hour, it hit zero. So the computer shut it off. And like, yeah, we can't, we got to recode the whole car and whatever. Long story short, it was, it still beat the fucking Tesla losing a motor at, 130 whatever miles an hour um and then overnight they were able to reprogram everything came in the next morning and just blasted um blasted through it was so cool to watch that it took three hours from this for this car to come in with no traction control from that point to beating a plaid
1: presumably they have some baseline data from the existing cars and all that stuff but
0: but basically, according to the guys that worked on it, they're looking at a target wheel slippage, and they've determined what how much tire slip you want, how much slip between the tire and the pavement, and the car can could, in theory, adjust that the output from zero to zero or like full six hundred horsepower to minus six hundred horsepower and back a thousand times a second. You can't do that in reality because you you'd sort of excite vibrations in the drive line and break everything. So they have to smooth it way out. Um, but effectively, they can get that car at the target wheel slip slippage the whole way through the quarter mile.
1: <laughs> I guess this is
0: what happens when you have 1,200 horsepower. Yeah. So the weird thing is, it went from 11.11 11, 11 to 1,200 plus, but the, I think the test car that we did in the original, the Dream, did a 9.9 9 through the quarter mile, and this one did a 9.1, and it's all because it's twice as much torque in the back. So if you think it's 1,111 horsepower, but each motor can do 600. Under full
1: throttle, you have all of this. Right. So you have the front axles somewhat useless because it's so
0: unweighted. Yep. So you're thinking you probably have something like all 600 to the rear and then, I don't know, 200, 150. So you picked
1: up 600 horsepower at the 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 back back. axle, Mm -hmm. which is where all the weight is. Yeah.
0: So now this thing is 1,200 horsepower, but it can do 1,200 horsepower at the rear wheels. If it needed to. So it's probably doing something along the lines of 1,000 at the rear wheels and then 200, 200 in the front. the front. You're maxing out all four tires and holy shit is it fast and seamless. So cool. Uh, and they're just going to sell
1: this to the public.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: I mean, people have been ranting about how cars are too fast for the public for decades now.
0: This is, we're in, I mean, we're in crazy townland because that car. What do you think's
1: going to happen? The general public consuming cars like this.
0: I don't know. A lot of crashes. Well, here's the thing. So I said in the video, like when the Germans, Germans who love speed said, this is too fast. We need to stop was 155 miles an hour. And that was, you know, to stop cars from doing 200 miles an hour on wide open sections of Audubon where they would encounter a car that's only doing 120 miles an hour and, you know, or, or even worse, 78 miles an hour hour and have these massive crashes that both the Lucid and the Tesla for all intents and purposes can do that in a quarter mile. Like they're, that'll get you kicked. You need a parachute at some racetracks to, to, to go those speeds. Um, and then they do it instantly and silently. And then you have on the other side, the Chiron, which was really what I wanted to talk about. i not, I mean, the Sapphire is mind blowing because it's such a good car, um, as a lucid air. And then you add this level of speed to it and it just becomes ridiculous. I did one quick lap. Um, with a previous calibration of traction stability, and, and torque vectoring, And all I can say is I can't fucking wait to really be able to push this car because even out of the box at, like, not done, it was amazing. Amazing. Um, but the Chiron
1: was this... Qu- a quick question. Yeah. Yeah. Consumer response to that. I mean, we've talked about this before about the Lucid, right? It delivers something that most consumers don't care about, and but it, it pleases enthusiasts and journalists uh what do you think that that's a misstep or do you think that how do you reconcile that with like consumer preferences for crossovers for example right do do you think that having this them make a crossover is going to be more be valuable in the marketplace than a dynamically perfect
0: okay i've said this directly to everyone i know at lucid including peter the ceo Uh, When they launched Sapphire, my reaction was, "I love this." Look, it's between us; it's a grudge match, right? It's Peter versus Elon, and it's Peter shitting on Elon, and I get that. I totally understand that. Do you support it? Uh, Yes, but as I said to him, "What? I'm very glad that you're doing this, and I know you guys are going to make a better car than Plaid. Like, there's no question about it because the air is better than Model S by a huge margin." sapphire i do believe will you know even in its final form will be a better performance car by an order of magnitude than than model s is i don't want the company to go out of business chasing a plaid instead of chasing the, uh, the the gravity suv that they need to do and more importantly a model y competitor because if you look at tesla's sales right what what the grudge game would be would be all lost if lucid goes out of business trying to beat tesla at its own game and I don't want them to. I want competition in this space. And so I'm nudging them all. I'm like, this is great. Move on, move on, move on. And I'm kind of torturing Make something them Something that's
1: going to sell to the, the unwashed masses right. who just want a device to get from here to there that's an EV. Right. Uh, which and is it's a where crossover Tesla, because that's what everybody demands.
0: Right. And so Tesla had to do this performance stuff to, to establish the credibility of A, its company, and B, EVs. And I think they've managed to do that. And so they had what I call first mover disadvantage, right? Everyone was against them and they had to, they had to do more to prove their, the worth of an EV and instruct the world that you actually do want an EV. Um, Lucid isn't taking advantage of that. Lucid should have the second mover advantage, which is they can bypass all that and just go make a better product that sells. And so Lucid as a luxury car company obviously doesn't need, doesn't I guess want the volumes that Tesla has now but i don't know and i just don't know what the company's i have no way of knowing what the company's business the gravity are.
1: is a what hundred thousand dollar apparatus
0: gravity is think of gravity as model x it's a suv based on okay um, on air and the next product up i suspect needs to be a mid-size a suv a model y mm-hmm. and i just i love that lucid is doing this and i love how well lucid is doing it but i want them to survive long enough to continue to survive i mean that. that's
1: still a perfectly premium space to be you say as a luxury maker like that they shouldn't i mean that they might not be counterproductive to go there but i mean if you look at mercedes-benz or bmw or audi there's plenty of stuff that they're sort of trying to move in the forty thousand dollar window right. so even if there's still a premium maker
0: i mean that's what a three series costs right they're like 40 50, grand yeah i mean the average transaction price is closer to 50 but i would guess yeah, you're right. I mean, but the thing is you just, they started with a luxury sedan and no one's buying luxury sedans. I mean, if you look at the trajectory. Yes, that's the nicest
1: those, house on a, on a block
0: that's been abandoned yeah. in Detroit. Right. I mean, it's a little bit harsh, but yeah, the trajectory <laughs> is not the right direction for luxury sedans. And so I understand why they did it. It's to establish Lucid as a competitor to Tesla. And that was the right. Okay, they have Model S. We now have this. But guys, move on. I just drop your pencils. Move on. You you beat it. This will be, and I put a big asterisk here: the fastest or quickest accelerating production car in the history of the world. The asterisk is I have not yet tested a, a Pininfarina Batista or a Rimac Nevera. Um, and I think Nevera will be considerably quicker than, um, than Sapphire was.
1: But but it's also like a seven figure thing that's for like.
0: Which so douches. is the chiron, so is the chiron, Yes. to that to that point, but until the nevera, so here's my thing when the car is added to fuel which is EPA's actual website as being homologated for sale in the United States and being range tested and efficiency tested, then I consider it a production car. Sapphire is not yet a production car, but I have every belief that it will become one in the next couple of months. So I was happy to do that video and call it. I said, this will be the quickest accelerating production car we've ever seen. Um, Navara is not on the EPA's list. And so Apparently, it's coming and whatever else. But until that, until I see that on the list and I see someone doing actual instrumented testing on it in a controlled environment, CarWow, you know, Matt Watson, Drag Race to Nevera, and it was in the eighth. I think it was like 899 or 898 or whatever. It was way faster. Um, way faster. Way faster.
1: Two-tenths. But yes, at
0: nine seconds, two-tenths right. is But I mean, capacity. the trap speed was like fucking 20 miles. I don't remember. It was a while ago I watched the video. Trap speed was far in excess of what the what Lucy did. But I don't have one, and I've not seen one, and it doesn't exist yet. It's not well, a really a mainstream consumer product anyway. That's awesome. Well, the $240,000 Sapphire isn't a mainstream product either, but it's certainly yes, a lot more. Yes, but the number
1: more. of people who could, would spend $240,000 on a car is
0: very different from the number of people who would spend $2.4 million on that's a true. car. That's true. That's true. Also, two hundred forty thousand dollars on a five passenger luxury that sedan that you drive that's a daily every day, driver. yeah, It's yeah. different. Yeah, than a couple million dollar toy. Um, interesting. It was an interesting case. I mean, I, you know, I'm I'm very curious to see where the EV world goes from here. I mean, Lucid's got it right in terms of range. They they have range and speed. Unlike, for example, Porsche with Taycan. Taycan got speed ish. I mean, it can't even come close to keeping up with a plaid, so it would be left in the dust by uh, a sapphire. Um, but the you know the air gets 500 miles of range. Real world from what people are seeing. Mm-hmm. I haven't tried it. I mean, I certainly didn't see 500, but I was driving like a lunatic, and um, on back roads and whatever, it was way over 350. Um, that's real, real range. I don't want to be in the car for 350 miles without stopping. Um, or much, I shouldn't say, I, I don't want to be in the car for much longer than 350 miles without stopping. So, um, But the wild car there was the Chiron. Mm-hmm. That was nuts. So you've driven Veyron. Mm-hmm. Which ones? The last one, Super Sport. Super Sport. Okay, so you drove the best one. Yes. The Veyron 1,000 horsepower cars and the 1,200 horsepower cars were different cars. Different tub, different everything. Um, and the 1,000 horsepower cars, think of them like Audis with a rocket ship strapped to the back and the world's worst shocks. I and mean, they just, they rode really hard, but they were fast as fuck and isolating the 1200 horsepower cars. I think of like a, a plus size Lotus Elise.
1: Yeah. Um, so my impression two my two really strong first impressions of that car were one, it rides really hard. I expected it to be more luxurious in mm-hmm. terms of how it rides, but it rides much more firmly than a 458 Italia or
0: a 991 GT3. You know why? Uh, no, tell me. Sidewalls. Mm. So the tires, to, in order for the tires to be able to cope with 250 plus miles an hour and 4,500 pounds of mass have to have outrageously stiff sidewalls. And so impacts are really sharp. Yeah. So that
1: was one of my first impressions. The other one was that it felt a lot smaller and nimbler and like agile and mm. sp- much more sports car than I was expected. It's expecting given... A what I'd heard about Veyrons generally, which presumably is actually the first cars, yep. uh, and the cars just weight and physical size, mm. and the other thing that really stuck with me was how small the car is inside. Mm-hmm. Like how it. This is something that really struck me. Actually, was you could buy like a Hellcat or a Ferrari FF, and go 200 miles an hour and have space for four humans and 200 pounds of dog food. And groceries and shit like that. And it's a functional daily driving car. Yeah. And the difference between 200 and 268 miles an hour is that there's like barely enough space for two people inside. And the trunk is literally like the size of a briefcase, like not exaggerating, mm-hmm. like quite right. literally a briefcase goes in there. But like if you had like a duffel bag that no you way. put in the overhead bin, like a soft sided duffel bag, it doesn't fit in the trunk Correct. of a Aeron. And mm-hmm. so what that said to me is, and this, the transmission tunnel is very wide. Uh, and so you're just like, wow, uh, like... Where in a normal car, 66% or if the car is mechanical shit and the rest of it is empty space for stuff, mm-hmm. that ratio goes to like 89% <laughs> is for a car and then like 11% yeah. is for stuff. And the rest of it is mechanical systems, heat exchangers, yeah. oil coolers, transmission that weighs 1,000 pounds, like
0: all you're that not, shit. You're not far off. yeah. Because right. yeah, the powertrain yeah. together, engine and transmission is 1,600 pounds. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like, I mean, it's just... It's like, it, it really highlights how far outside of a normal car that is. And you're like, ah, oh, they're both 200 mile an hour cars. They're mm-hmm. both extremely fast. But there's a big difference between 200 and 270,
0: right. apparently. Seven, seven, or you know, 700 horsepower now in the Hellcat versus 1,000 15 years ago. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, material science has progressed. Carbon tubs have, have really progressed. Um, and have you driven Chiron yet? I have not. Oh, okay. Just at parking lot speeds. So, the first thing I noticed about Chiron is you start it and it's got a real aggressive exhaust note, which is something Veyron didn't. Um, mm, I thought Supersport did. More so than the thousand horsepower cars, yeah, yeah. but not like this. This is angry and pissed off.
1: Yeah, I mean, it feels like there's distant thunder, not yeah. so distant thunder.
0: This one, especially Cold Start, when it does that cycle. Yes. I love yeah. it. Um, my. When I did a, I don't, I think I ever did any instrumented testing on Veyrons, but I definitely did launch control, and it was pretty tepid. It would, you know, twenty five hundred to three thousand RPM, would dump the clutch, but it was a very gradual clutch engagement, and so you get a whoa, and it would go. I expected cheer on the well, same. Well, they're way. trying not to blow up drive shafts. Yeah, absolutely, and you know, it's also kind of undignified to do a, you know, huge launch. Which they did not concern themselves about about Chiron, so I saw the Chiron because they
1: had someone breathing down their neck in terms of like pace, right?
0: So I expected the same sort of launch, and I looked at zero to sixty numbers. Car and Driver had posted a two four for a regular Chiron, and so I had That's like
1: a tenth off of the Veyron, the fast Veyron. Right? Yeah,
0: they weren't that they weren't that much quicker, but it's you know traction, um, and so I thought it'll be you know a tepid the launch. the same but more. I would, couldn't have been more fucking wrong. First of all, this is a pure sport. So the sport has, you know, in addition to the fixed wing and some of the visual stuff, has short, way shorter gear ratios and mm. cup 2R tires, which are notoriously difficult to hook up in the cold, which it was when we did the video. Um, and so, I, you know, launch control, I think dumps from the clutch from like 2,500. It's not a lot. Maybe I don't even think it's 4,000. It's not a lot of revs. And so I get in this car, I strap all the equipment to it. And, you know, the way we do this video is I go and get the numbers before. So full tank of gas, everyone's, you know, it's all just done scientifically fair. And the first launch I get is, and then you let go of the brake and the fucking clutch dump is possibly the most violent I've ever felt in my life. Mm. To the To the point where the whole carbon tub rings. It goes, boom. Like there's this huge fucking clap of like, forces forces immediate four-wheel burnout Mm. fucking boom immediate all four of them lit the fuck up because it it must go it must be trying to build boost or something as it's doing the (laughs) thing it's psychotic nothing prepared me for it nothing like i've never felt a launch like that
1: this is different from even an ev where they're like you have to put your head on the headrest before you
0: ev is different because it's it's uh you're ramping up in that quarter of a second or whatever you're i mean it's hellacious like a a model s and both the evs got off the line way quicker than the bugatti did way quicker like probably a good it's quite surprising yeah in the video but the the vayron goes from zero to four-wheel burnout in the same amount of time that an ev goes from zero to full acceleration so you get this thud followed by wheel spin and whatever that's the most violent part of it it's the acoustic and like it's sensory texture. Yeah, it was wild. It was kind of amazing. Um, and so I think I did three or four launches total before I got a really, really one that I felt good with. And that one, the tires hooked up. I, th- I was looking at the data. You can kind of see where the tires hook up because there was a little squirm. And I think 80 something. So it did a perfect four wheel burnout the entire way till 80 miles an hour, um, and I got a two one, uh, no, a two three, and it was a really low two three. A couple more hundredths off of it, and it would have been a two two. So I think if it was warmer out, I would have gotten a two two. But I was never able to better that one. Oh my god, that thing is violent. Gear, there's all kinds of gear whine. There's all like of crazy noise. Oh, well, also Ow. coming
1: out of an EV, you're you're desensitized. You you're, you're under stimulated. True. And then you get into something that's like peak internal combustion. That has always been my impression of that car, is that it's really like a testament to... It's it's, it's an ode to internal
0: combustion. It, there's uh, never going to be a the, car fastener.
1: Is the top speed um, limited because it has shorter gear ratios, or do they leave the top ratio the same? No, it's
0: 217 is what Bugatti publishes for it. As so the top m- speed? Yeah. Oh, and it's I, way, way... Way slower. Oh. Remember, the regular one is 237, 231 on on the street key right you have yeah. to but uh this one is 217 and i think it i did not is get it a chance gearing to really, limited i think or, it might be yeah oh, interesting it, it's either gearing or because they can't move the wing remember oh, on the regular one they go to drag either way i mean the way that fucking thing pulled so the lucid obviously is you know, the first of all plaid is completely disorienting completely loose lucid i didn't really get into the car until the end of filming and the battery was way lower i mean we had randy driving it we had the the lucid guys driving it to, you know to me it doesn't matter who's in the car um to get the numbers it's pressing a pressing a pedal um but when i even with a with a low battery it is genuinely oh my god i can't believe it pulls this hard and never stops pulling the chiron was different the chiron was the the world's most violent thud with the the whole cabin ringing for a for a second, and then a four wheel burnout where you're correcting for wind and whatever else is shoving the car sideways one way or the other, and then shift, shift, shift. But every time it shifts, I think it allows more boost because it just it shifts and then it gets even faster and shifts and gets even faster, and that's disorienting. Motorcycles are like that too. They'll torque limit them in the first
1: few gears because you don't, that, you can't
0: put it down. Yeah, and well, mm-hmm. that's. Okay, that's something I'm not used to feeling. I mean, Ferraris do it obviously, and it's disorienting in them. Yeah, where every time you grab a gear, it's even faster. Like this is, even if it's not faster, it's just as fast, mm-hmm. and that doesn't match with to your brain what, to yeah. what your expectation
1: is. Because yeah. if you've driven any car, you know, first gear, okay, that's pretty good. Yeah, and you'll and get half as you get much acceleration gear, in yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it it really, is we're used to running around in 200 horsepower or 100 horsepower or whatever cars.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, what a car. I fully expected to not love the way that Chiron looked in person. Wrong, wrong, wrong. It got unloaded off the truck and I was like, Ugh. yeah, so and it's anyway. not even the most elegant colorway or whatever you want to call it. That colorway,
1: color, color scheme, color scheme. Yeah, I colorway really thought is a sneaker, red sneaker sneaker
0: term. Oh, okay. Red on the front, black on the back. No, I would have done like Bugatti racing blue or whatever. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah the, every piece of that car is a piece of art. Oh, I just loved it. I, loved, yes. I I really am so disappointed. Not really. I mean, I'm not that disappointed, but I'm, I can't wait to finally get a chance to drive one on the street because I think that thing is so much more raw, especially the Pure Sport. I mean, I can't imagine the regular Sheer runs this way. You hear everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. It's a hell of an experience. And the fact that the fucking Air beat that is just nuts to me. I mean, here you have a $4.5 million, you know, yes, eight liter.
1: What you're buying is an ode to internal combustion. And it is also a reference to this great tradition of building like really special shit right Mm -hmm. it's the opposite of an appliance yeah everything that you interact with in that car you're just like it's so special the way that the little internal spine thing wraps Mm -hmm. around and you're just like no one has ever done that at least in the last 80 years uh in a car and you're just like it, it immediately feels extraordinary and the Veyron, I think, lacked that somewhat. It was a little too sober. It was a little bit too austere. You had didn't to have look. That, yes, but it didn't have that immediate jaw drop. I mean, as soon as you look inside a Chiron and you see that thing, you're just like, whoa, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Uh, and it feels very like uh, automotive jewelry kind mm-hmm. of. It's very coach built feeling mm-hmm. like those cars in the 1930s where they were designed to be sort of one-off testaments like it's a piece of art as right. much as it's a car. And there are not a lot of cars around that do that. I mean, you could argue that Pagani does that, yeah. albeit without
0: any taste. Um, that's a strong statement, without any taste. I would, I would argue there's quite a lot of taste in there. Most of it's bad, but there's <coughs> a lot. Yeah. I'm sorry, that's rude. A lot of bad taste. <laughs> no, I mean. It, no, it, they're just that's just overt.
1: It's not subtle. Right. It's too much. There's a there's an elegance and tastefulness to the way that the Bugatti is done that isn't missing from Pagani's. Yep. And they attract different people. So it's the same mm-hmm. reason why someone would buy a Lamborghini Aventador instead of a, a Ferrari A12. Mm-hmm. It's a different approach yes. and mentality, even though sure. they're thought to be competitors. They're really not. The they personality that is drawn to each of those cars is quite different. different. Yeah. And the Bugatti really drips of. Good taste for the most part, unless it's really an outrageous color combination. Mm-hmm. But it's it's. Or that new A12
0: competition with the,
1: with oh, with the, the fencing mask rear end. I
0: fencing mask? That's interesting. Yeah. I thought of a cockroach. Oh, uh, <laughs> it was a cockroach with shell.
1: the like absence of rear window. Yeah, like that. Um, I have to see one in person.
0: Yeah, true. I shouldn't judge it until then. Um, okay. So then the next race up, obviously, was the one that I, I want to talk to you about was the motorcycle.
1: Ah, uh, yes. Okay.
0: First of all, two things. Number one, you drive. You ride a Panigale V4S. Yes. Right. So I know nothing about this, but same motor. It's a V4, odd fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the one that we had in that last race with the Z06 was an SP2, which is like just another, it's twice the price and that much more. Yeah, it's probably got crazy. a lot more lightweight stuff, titanium yeah. and carbon. carbon wheels. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the second thing, we'll, t- we'll go back to the bike in a second. Josh Heron. So, like, I'm not a motorcycle rider. I don't know really anything about motorcycles. And I just, every time I interact with a race car driver other than Randy, they suck. There's a, there's a, I should, that's not fair. There's a reason why Jeremy Clarkson put a mask on the Stig and then never allowed him to be on camera. And the reason was, his his reason, that wasn't a joke. It the was, reason was, race car drivers often have nothing to say that is of interest to the general public, right? They're because they're
1: operating about, at such a professional
0: level that it's just not, uh... There's that. I mean, there's what's important to a race car driver is not necessarily what's important on the street. Like, yes. so I've, I have had Joey Hand, who's BMW's uh, one of BMW's drivers, called me Captain Force Feedback in an argument at dinner once because I was bitching about steering feel. It's like you don't need steering feel. I'm like at the limit on a racetrack, you don't because you're using your ass f- to measure yaw. You don't need to feel the the limit coming up through the steering wheel. And I,
1: you are such a highly calibrated device as true. a driver right. that right. you just know what's there and you can interpolate it. Right. As a person who's got hundreds of hours or thousands of hours of seat
0: time at this exact place in this exact car that's exactly it on the same place right you're driving on the road i want to feel textural differences coming through the steering wheel so i know how much grip i have if the pavement changes and i don't see that i want to be able to feel it and you know this is like saying you know he should be him calling me Captain Force. Pick, it was funny. I really liked him. He was a lot of fun, actually, um, especially to, fun to spar with. But I'm like, what? So next, you, you know, you're going to say, well, you don't need a fucking radio in the car. You, who needs a radio in the car? You can amuse yourself. No, race cars and road cars are different. Um, but a lot of them are very focused on the minutiae of like, okay, they're, you know, the way it turns in and the roll stiffness, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So I expected like motorcycle rider to be just uptight and just like whatever. It, this guy shows up with his OnlyFans helmet on and he's not OnlyFans porn. He's like OnlyFans content. Um, and what? R- yeah, they, they're doing a content push. I didn't know this. I don't know. I haven't actually been to his only Josh Heron OnlyFans, <laughs> but they, uh, apparently there's, there's an OnlyFans like subsidiary that's s FW safe for work, um, and it's like motorcycle content, whatever. Um, what? Yeah, you all have to check them out. Um, oh you, I, I, didn't yet. I just haven't. I'll idea. make sure
1: I don't do but, it in a corporate environment.
0: No, it's S for FW. It's okay. safe for work. That's the idea. Is it's like there's only fans and SFW, and then there's this. Anyway, shows up right away, joking around, just dedicated to the crap. Understood where the camera was, what he needed us to do, what he needed. What we needed him to do every single race not one incident not one stall not one sideways moment now he's just unbelievable as a rider and so much fun to work with um so like you'll see on this if you guys haven't seen it at the episode last week he genuinely cracked me up by giving me the finger in the middle of it you know like i walk over i'm like sit up and we had him like sitting back on the motorcycle like relaxing while the tire warmers are being taken off and i sit up and i smack his his, his foot and he just fingers me right in the face it was so funny um <laughs> I need to now bake in more motorcycle stuff just so we can work with Josh. Yeah. Um,
1: I mean, there is ongoing requests for that type of content. Even in the Carmudgeon comments, people are like, hey, can you guys talk about motorcycles? Here we
0: are. We're talking about motorcycles. So, all right. How do you, that thing is so fucking, first of all, Josh racing the Lucid kept getting off and I thought he was going to be upset. He killed this bike trying to get a fucking better time. So Ducati asked, Ducati's PR guy was unbelievable because when i first called and i'm like hey so we're gonna borrow a friend's uh, s2 and uh or uh, v4s sorry and um we're gonna run it and randy popes is gonna ride it and he the guy was like who and i'm like randy popes and he's like who and i'm like scca hall of fame race car driver randy popes he's like you said car yeah no no uh we're gonna get you an sp2 and we're gonna put our factory rider on it and i'm like yeah, but he's like, no, no, no. That's what we're going to do. We'll have him there on Thursday. It was like that fast. He was unbelievable. And then Josh wound up being awesome. So they won the race against the Z06. They weren't supposed Handily. to. Handily. Well, everything I saw online was that the S, like that SP2 did 10.4, 10.5. The Corvette did 10.5. I'm like, okay, this is going to be an amazing race. I always go into these productions trying to put together a race that I don't really know who's going to win.
1: You were seeing ten fives. That's interesting because the eleven ninety nine was under nine. It was under ten. Mm,
0: yeah, well this i um, the old one. i um, what SP 2s new. It's not in that many people's hands. So the videos that I saw online are I think yeah, amateurs. It's just
1: random. I mean that's the thing. Not so amateurs. You, right. So you were going. You were saying that, that when you do a run in an electric car, it's just a person pushing a pedal. You get to the Veyron. There's some element of skill involved in keeping the car pointed approximately yeah. in the right direction. Then you get to like a manual transmission car, and then the launch starts to become important. And then you get to motorcycles, and it's like the, the variation in technique for properly yep. launching a motorcycle is just like
0: tremendous. I, I bet, having never really been a motorcycle rider, I could have gotten a fourteen or fifteen second quarter mile of that thing, maybe <laughs> if not a twenty-two, and it would have won. I'd have wound, and I would have wound up in the hospital. He just consistently banged out. So anyway, that that 06 run, he was so much faster than we expected him to be. You know, he was dumping the clutch at like ten, you know, thousand RPM, RPM, yeah. (laughs) And you know, and then managing. Usually, he was able to transfer enough weight forward that to keep the front tire on ground. Ish, but he was. He's riding with all aids off. Oh, everything turned off, and he's standing up he's doing wheelies i mean towards the end of the filming he was just having fun with it and so you know you we filmed the race 200 fucking million times um right, so he's starting to get bored so he's he like- was i mean to watch him beat a corvette z06 which is a 10 and a half second quarter mile car without ever having the front wheel on the ground was just fucking awesome and he was he was having fun this time i ducati i'm like hey look i got a I got the sapphire coming you guys got a nine five um, he's, they're like, oh, no problem. We'll get down to a 9.3. No problem. And I'm like, how? And they were like, well, we have an Akropovich exhaust. Akropovich, I don't know how it's pronounced. Um, no one apparently knows how it's pronounced. I think it's Akropovich. Akropovich? yeah. So. We, we were talking with everyone, and everyone's like, I think it's whatever. So there was an Akropovich exhaust and a tune that they can do that the, the, I think the dealers even sell. They were going to do that, plus soften the suspension, lower the fork, a couple things. And I'm like, yeah, sure. They, they couldn't get the exhaust in time. Oh, so they tried Ducati so hard. couldn't. Yeah. I mean, we, we gave them three days notice. And it, like two of those days were over a weekend. So n- n- fucking hats off to Ducati for trying everything they could. Like genuinely amazing to work with. And so Josh is like, I don't know. There was, some, there was more left in there. They send uh, this guy named Fuzzy out. He's the tech. He was there the first time too. And he was like, don't be nice to the clutch. I have, it's 20 minutes to replace clutches because it's the dry clutch.
1: Mm-hmm holy shit yeah and it's right there you yeah. don't have to take anything
0: out. he did it it was like 10 minutes it was amazing but to watch just you know you see in the video josh you know sitting there nah, the fucking pinned wide open and just boom let's go to the clutch and you hear it <laughs> that first gear is like 100 miles an hour on that bike
1: um it's like 70
0: i thought this one might i don't know it i might thought be they taller were taller geared like, holy shit But just to hear that clutch fighting against 200 horsepower and yeah. And 400 pounds
1: of a motorcycle. Holy
0: shit. And its fastest run was actually like the third one I think when the clutch was slipping a little bit longer so it actually grabbed, fully grabbed in the meat of the torque curve Mm. because a couple, the first one time it bogged and then um, when he got the new clutch, because we replaced the clutch in the middle of filming, I mean it was, he was that hard on it, and so I know Ducati was going to be really upset that they didn't get down to a nine one or you know below nine three. Uh, the fast run that we have of him when when I had the V box on him, I think it was in the back of the bike. You can see that front wheel skimming the ground the whole time. He's up to one hundred and fifty miles an hour. How the fuck do you ride one of those bikes on the street, Derek?
1: Um, it's wonderful. It's, tremendous. it's like having a very fast EV. Um, the thing about it that's really great is in an urban environment, <laughs> uh, nothing is a factor. It's like you're on your own private road because you don't have to deal with... Tra- I mean, the, this, it makes me worse as a driver. It makes me road rage more because you see what's possible. Right. Once you experience how liberated life is as a motorcyclist, and there's just all this shit and none of it matters. It's because incredible because you can because lane you can split, lane and split and just, your yeah. way through stuff and you have so much thrust that you can, and you can get through a gap that is not mm. a real gap. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. It, it's, it I don't think I could live in an urban environment if I didn't have a motorcycle. It transforms I, yeah. your life. And that has nothing to do with it being a Ducati, obviously. Um, the other thing about it that's really great is that that motorcycle is basically the equivalent to, I don't know what you want to call it, a Pista or a mm. 812 or whatever, and it costs... $30,000 new you can buy a used one for 20 you can get something that is like world class design like insane performance quarter mile like all day long under 10 seconds uh, and costs that little money and also makes your life so much better going places like why would you not do that it's incredible
0: i well i can get i can list the reasons why, <laughs> why i haven't and <laughs> will never do that uh, mostly because i can't be is trusted just
1: nuts. it's just like it's so effortless to go so insanely fast i mean i Mm. i cannot publicly admit things about well you go to
0: mexico a lot
1: i do go to mexico a lot and i will often within the city of santa santos francisco (laughs) uh, in mexico (laughs) achieve
0: i believe it's actually just called san francisco oh yes of course that's already in spanish (laughs) Spanish. for
1: the record (laughs) um achieve you know uh
0: large velocities
1: Two hundred and thirty kilometers an hour. Get the fuck in in effortlessly because it takes ten seconds to do it. You can get to two hundred and thirty kilometers an hour in ten seconds, and then back to one hundred and twenty kilometers an hour in in
0: the. Please tell me you're not talking about in the city of Santa Francisco. No, of course not. Oh God, I worry. I this is this is why I can't have anything that fast. I I mean, look, I just had a Polestar too for the last couple weeks, and no. No, no, no. I mean, I see what you're talking about. That's not a fast EV. That's, you know, a fast car. But the gaps, like, you're just like, there's one car here and there's one car there and you're just gone. I love that. But I don't want that temptation. Um, So I have to get myself back in my e-golf and just drive like a fucking (laughs) asshole at slower speeds. Um, How often do you actually get to full throttle on that bike? So this is like the conversation we had about
1: the f50 which is that you can use because it is i don't know it has 200 horsepower 215 horsepower uh and the torque is like 96 mm-hmm. and it's at like 93 right, 96 pounds of yep. torque and it happens at like 9300 rpm mm-hmm. or whatever The torque the torque peak's very high mm-hmm. and so this this very non-linear acceleration, which means you can floor it at 4,000 or 5,000 RPM. And it's very different from keeping it. If you keep it, the thing that's really scary is keeping it pinned as you get close to red line, because it just, it like the feels like this the pace of acceleration exponentially increases. Uh, And so if you, you, you pin it at four or five, 6,000 RPM, you can do that. And it moves like in a way that you're like, this is sufficiently fast and it's very speedy and I have no desire to go more. And then you end up in a situation where you can do that in, you know, second gear and run it to redline in second gear. Then you're like, holy shit, there's a great deal of like potential that you just never use. But yes, I use wide open throttle at low RPMs, but not a lot at high RPMs because it's very tall gearing also.
0: Yeah, I guess that's true. So second gear is oh, probably even on your bike 100. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the speed limit in Santa Francisco, <laughs> Mexico. <laughs> uh, this is yeah. why i love slow cars i, can't, I can't, no i know i mean redline every fourth so- is 110 in, in you know most of my cars
1: yeah but when you have a like loan on something genuinely fast and you like get sort of spoiled by it and you get used to the pace that that enables and sort of like the superhumanness of it evs are really good at this yeah no matter i mean any ev that's four or five six hundred horsepower just the instantaneousness and the availability just pulling out into traffic you get used to doing things that are just feel like they violate the conventions of physics
0: well and certainly of typical driving right? yeah even e golf is fast enough yeah. you had one right it's yeah, quick yeah. enough that there's in, certain
1: things that you can do in that where you can just you know drag racing minivans off the line or whatever it is yeah. where you just get really used to having this ability to do stuff and motorcycles are really good at that and it, even motorcycles with 70 horsepower are still zero to 60 in like four four right you know, it's like a
0: genuinely swift device. I can't, I can't imagine. I mean, first of all, I am of the firm belief that San Francisco drivers are the worst in the history of the world. And th- while that's a slight exaggeration, it's only a slight exaggeration.
1: The place to achieve speed in San Francisco is the... <laughs>
0: San, uh, the town of... The town in El Mexico. El San, Santo yeah. Uh,
1: is um, where Octavia meets the Central Expressway
0: on-ramp. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's basically like a quarter mile, well, a mile long racetrack.
1: Yes, because you start at the front of the line there and there's no cars anywhere. You do because you lane split at the light. Yes, yeah.
0: exactly. A one could, not you. It and does. then
1: uh, you have a completely unobstructed section of road with nobody on it. And there's, there's limited no, access because it's a highway. There's no chance
0: for anyone to merge on. So there's Correct. no chance that you're going to yeah.
1: encounter anyone. That's the place to hypothetically do that.
0: I never thought about doing that. So I don't have to think about that. The e-golf is limited to 85. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm not even going to get
1: a ticket over there. It's so funny to be <laughs> driving around on the highway matted at 85 miles an hour on that thing.
0: I don't ever go that fast. Uh, I, mean,
1: I enjoy it. I, look, I, I, in this other cars. Cause it feels but, like you've hit a wall yeah. or something like that when I, it stops. Because it's still accelerating r- relatively vigorously yeah. at 85 miles an hour. It's like reaching the limiter in an old German car when they were limited to 130 right. miles an hour you're like, it slams into the yeah. limiter pretty aggressively. Pretty hard, yeah. Like my E500 wagon was like that. It's 300 horsepower mm-hmm. and it was limited to 130 miles an hour. And it, oh, the way that it hits the limiter, speed, yeah. it's like ex- it's doing Autobahn acceleration mm-hmm. and then you just mm-hmm. go. <coughs> yeah. yeah. That's because they put all that. That was time. a
0: perfect time sneeze by Paulo, by the way. Did he sneeze? You went exactly as he went. I wonder if even... I didn't even hear uh, Hey, audience. <laughs> did you hear Paolo sneeze? You're a cesspit of filth and disease. A mask on <laughs> aren't we all i know everyone's sick right now so i'm so <clears throat> yes. scared i'm well, genuinely that's the scared. christmas present i'm scared to leave the house like, i'm genuinely scared like not so i'm doing it but i'm like genuinely uncomfortable everywhere i go and then yesterday i pick up a friend and he's, his voice is like suddenly a little deeper and i'm like uh <laughs> open the window and i'm like my head's half out the window the whole time he's like i'm fine and i'm like mm-hmm, heard that before <laughs> also did i just inadvertently do the mori voice from drawn together that's right, Andrew. This is a TV. I've never heard this in the. Oh my God! You've never seen Big Mouth. Oh, i not, not yes, drawn together. Big yes, Mouth. I'm yes, sorry. Yes, yeah. yes. He's a hormone monster. Yes, 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 Touch yes. Touch yourself, Andrew. Yes, yes, yes. I yeah, have, Oh my God! I've I could seen de- it a few episodes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's your Christmas present from Jason Kamisa.
0: Is is was that? Maurice. I
1: mean, your Honda days, your uh, December to remember. To remember slash Toyota Toyotathon present is from Jason Kamisa. Now I'll do every
0: episode. as more. No, that's wrong. Touch yourself. you please, You've watched the show, right? I've seen one or two episodes. Oh my god, yes. I want. I want to be a voiceover actor just so I can do like that voice. You probably could, and also, well, I'm not really that good. But um, uh, what the fuck, Lola is the other one. Oh my god, uh, you're such a brat. I haven't she's, seen. Oh my brat. god, she's the best line ever. She's in Starbucks. She's like you know, 14 years old, like all of them. And she's in Starbucks and I don't The guy didn't want to give her something. I don't remember what it was. And she was like, I, I got to do this away from the mic because it's so loud. Sorry, everyone on the, on the podcast. I want to talk to the manager. And he's like, I am the manager. Well, I want to talk about. Sorry, I fucked it up. <laughs> I want to talk to someone beneath you so we can commiserate about what a fucking cunt you are. It was just I fucking <laughs> laughed for like six weeks about that. <laughs> Like, who thinks of this? I want to talk to the manager. I am the manager. I want to talk to someone beneath you so we can commiserate about what an FC you are. What a great concept. I want to use that line.
1: Okay. Well, (laughs) it'll play play out beautifully in Northern California. You got to go to New York for that. Yeah. Oh, they'll just laugh. Yes. The fuck out of here. Absolutely.
0: Well. Yes. um, Well, you have my um, condolences about your ignition coil on the Citroën. Mm, you have you. my unending um, respect for riding that motorcycle in traffic because that shit is fucking crazy. It's very hot. Temperature-wise? Yes.
1: Why? Because the exhaust goes right under the seat. Ooh, so it's got seat heaters. Yeah, whether you like it or not. And the fans are always on. It's a miserable at that sort of thing. The V2 is definitely the choice. Same bike with a half the number of cylinders. Really?
0: Yeah. So is your next one going to be, you're going (laughs) to, what you've just said is I want to be miserable.
1: Yes, that's right. Really? Okay. Isn't that why you buy cars?
0: Every one of my cars is. Yeah. Yeah. Except the minivan. Minivan is making me miserable.
1: All right. Well, this has been the final
0: episode of the Carmudgeon Show for
1: this year. Oh my God. That's it. We'll see you next year.
0: We will. We'll be back. Hopefully not with one episode a week because I can't deal with this shit. Sorry, just kidding. We're um, not doing one episode a week. We have been. Nearly. Oh, very nearly. So this is the last one of the year because the next two Mondays fall on observed holidays. So it'll be the December 26th and uh, January 2nd. So we're actually going to... 27th, I think. is Whatever the fucking Monday is. Whatever it is. But either way, uh, we're going to skip that. So we'll be back uh, the first full week of January. Mm-hmm. Don't forget mm-hmm. to tune in. Don't also forget to subscribe.
1: Yeah, it just occurred to me that we never ask people to... Well, I don't care if you like, but, <laughs> uh, is that your like, that your like dating subscribe. profile thing? I don't
0: care if you like, but subscribe,
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but not to my only fans. I don't have an only fans just to clarify. I have even for, I have only one fan. And it's my mom. <laughs> uh but yeah probably subscribe i think we should do yeah the last one of the year we should tell people to subscribe to this
0: <laughs> after this was episode 79 right so after 79 of these we're like oh shit
1: <laughs> you should, should, tell, probably should probably subs- subscribe subscribe to this um but yeah see you next year
0: see you next year also
1: i have to sneeze oh!
0: and we're out and we're out damn it i can't do the voice <clears throat> and we're out ah! Ugh. <sighs>